Hello, hello, hello. Uh, welcome to uh, our next podcast. Um, if you haven't seen anything before, you can see them on YouTube. Um, this one, we're going to try and make it a new monthly series hosted by me and Adam, or hopefully most months anyway. Uh, we're getting a special guest, so if, you, if there's anyone you want to get on the show, just let us know. Um, they're contracted to us, so they've got to oblige. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so if, um, today we're going to have a special guest. We're going to do a little section with me and Adam just to discuss what's gone on with Endpoint. Uh, this last month and a bit bit more um and then we're going to get some of the counter strike guys are going on coming on we've got crucial and we've got ross uh, and then for uh, rocket league we've got eclipse and we've got met Snorris as well so it should be a great uh good little podcast if you do have any questions in chat please just feel free to you know post about them um we'll, I'll, I'll try and see them we'll, we'll get some answers for you it's gonna be very open um unless we're like under nda or something we, we won't tell you or if it's something that's coming up we want to announce soon probably won't tell you but It'll be quite nice and open. Um, yeah. Uh, if you don't know myself and Adam, we're the owners of Endpoint. Um, but yeah, I mean, the first, first thing to discuss, I'll put into, into Twitch chat. Uh, quite a cool little announcement, isn't it, Adam? Yeah, it is. And I guess it kind of shows just how well the guys have been doing lately um, in the Counter-Strike team. Um, you know, being associated with the Blast Premier is, is huge for us. We obviously did Blast Rising earlier in the year and did really well. Um, and I think this is the kind of like the next step up for us. Um, so I think it would be interesting to see how they do. I mean, the comp the level of competition there is absolutely ridiculous. Really. Yeah, so it's, it's going to be like a single elimination competition. So um, they're going to do it done seeding wise, you know, and we're likely to get a top seed, aren't we? Like one of the top seeds. Um, so it's going to be yeah, a tough I one. I can see it's been put against Liquid, Vitality, you know, someone around there. Um, it, and it, like you say, best it's a singular limb, so let's hope we make it deep. But it's it's great experience for the guys at the very least. Um, you know, and this is the kind of level that we want to be operating at. So yeah, no, it's, um, yeah, it's I personally want to take on an American side, see how we get on. But um, yeah, so. I agree. Yeah, it'd, it'd be, be nice great. to play an NA side. Yeah, so um, anyway, um, after that, be good to, we'll, we can discuss that with some of the Counter-Strike guys later anyway. Um, one thing we want to be quite open about is, you know, we, we haven't really discussed it in public at all about um, what happened with the signing of Flames, the selling of Thomas. Um, I know it's a question that a lot of people, you know, why did Thomas leave kind of things. Um, yeah, I mean, let's discuss it. Um, we're not going to tell you how much he's gone for, but, you know, we can discuss the reasons behind it and the problems that we had with it. Um, Adam, feel free to start. You yeah, I think, I mean, it's been a while since we did one of these. And, you know, like you said, it's one of those things that keeps coming up and people mention it. Um, and obviously at the time it was a little bit awkward because Thomas effectively went inactive from the team for a period of time whilst that was ongoing in the background, whilst he was speaking to NB. Um, I guess, you know, the reasons that Thomas kind of went to envy it was just because it was it was kind of a sign of how well the team were doing uh we were turning a lot ahead a couple of teams were looking for players um and 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 actually we had an issue before thomas where a, a huge organization came in for one of our players um and it was looking like we were potentially going to lose one of the other players um and i think that's what made thomas uh, thomas got a bit spooked at that point i think and he realized that Actually, I need to start maybe looking after myself a bit more. Um, he signed with Prodigy 
agency, um, you know, which Jerome heads up. Um, and it wasn't long after he signed with them that, he, you know, the interest from Envy came. Um, and whilst initially it moved quite quickly, obviously then the whole negotiations dragged on and it meant that he was inactive from the team. Um, you know, thankfully it was only Thomas, because like I said, we were at risk of losing one of the other guys. Like, it looked like a deal was going to happen there. But um, once that fell through, at that point, Thomas was already talking to Envy and decided to go with Envy for obvious reasons. You know, they're a huge organization. They have a lot of, you know, money and opportunity behind them. They're in Flashpoint. And so I think he saw it as, a, as, a, as the next step for him. Yeah, I think this is this is the problem with the tier two three scene, is that it's not it's a it's a good problem to have for especially for the players really, but but actually it's kind of bad for the players as well at the same time because um the, the one of the things that had was in Thomas's head niggling away was that you know at any point we're working so hard as a fight core five we have done for you know eight nine months, um, and you know at any moment a big organization can just come in take a player and that's all your hard work gone. And and I can understand that problem. Um, luckily, like since Thomas sale, we've signed much longer contracts. You know, the buyouts are bigger. You know, so if someone really does come in for it, we really would have the funds to replace it properly. You know, or we can look at a higher level. You know, tier one level to replace it with, or or whatever. Um, but it's still an issue, and that is the problem with you know an organization our size. And that's just a, a standard a standard problem. I mean, Copenhagen Flames have sold like ten players this season. How can you? How can you? Um, yeah, a stand like a, a a solid lineup going if uh, you keep selling your players. And it's not something we want to do, but we'll never get in the way of our players if 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 it's something they want to do. So it's um it's a tricky one. Yeah. That's the thing. There's no shame in being. You know, some people call it a feeder team where you you know a, a lot of bigger teams kind of come in. I think if anything, it shows that we're doing the job right. It, it shows that we're identifying the talent and we're working with them, and you know uh, they're being noticed by the bigger boys, so to speak. Um, certainly we have aspirations bigger than that and we want to be one of the bigger boys but for the time being you know there's no shame in, in kind of identifying that there are going to be bigger and better opportunities for these guys and and so you know that is a risk like you said of being a tier 2, tier 3 CSGO um, team but you know as you touched on it, thankfully from selling Thomas, we were able to get the guys on longer contracts and pick up Flames, who has turned out to be a you know a prodigy in himself. He's he's fitted into the team really well. Um, like I don't know if you want to touch on that now. Yeah, we can we can discuss uh, Flames later with the six guys how he's fitting into the team. Um, yeah, I mean for people's openness, other players that we looked at, uh, we obviously weren't just looking at Flames when we we signed him. Um, we looked at Mezzi, obviously, and Spinks as well. It was those three, really, uh, that were the only three players that we looked at. Um, there isn't really much options out there right now. That's that's the other issue is that there's not... I think that was another part of Thomas's worry is that there's not really... If someone if someone goes, someone gets sold, then there's no one to pick up because there's not really many free agents out there. Um, yeah, and, and yeah, obviously... So. Obviously, from our point of view, being a UK organization and, and kind of focusing around UK teams, it was a big decision to step away from that. But the timing of Thomas's sale was a little bit awkward because I guess a lot of the top level UK talent had moved the switch over to Valorant just beforehand and, and actually were doing really well in Valorant, um, you know, as you can see by the fact that quite a few of them assigned to a large organizations. But... You know, and so it was it was difficult having a look at the pool of players that were available, certainly within the UK. And really the only person that we 
kind of focused on from the UK was Messi. Um, yeah, we, we being completely open, we tried to get him. Um, you know, yeah, we we offered a lot of money for him. That was just straight up simple. We don't mind saying, um, but it just didn't work out. I don't want to go into that too much more, but it didn't work out. Um, and yeah, but we're ha very happy with Flames. There's no, not obviously no. I think he's probably he could potentially be the best of the three. So there's no issues there. Um, but we'll just see. He's obviously a young talent. See how he gets on, but. Yeah, and just to touch on a question in chat there, have has any larger orgs shown an interest in Flames at the moment? Um, no, no, I mean yes and no. We we know that there's interest there. We we know that he's turning heads, and the fact that in the numbers that he's putting up, um, and um, and there has been the odd kind of tentative inquiry, but you know nothing to the level of where you know we are allowing them to talk to Flames. You know, it's not got to a point where they've kind of come in with a, an offer that's met what his buyout is and to the point where they're talking to him or anything like that. So, yeah. um, no. Not anyway, that. let's move on a little bit. Um, so, like, one of the big things for Endpoint, obviously, we're talking about business side of things, um, sponsorship deals. Uh, this month, if you've been following our socials, uh, we've done pretty well, I think. Uh, we've managed to... Um, renew our contracts with overclockers and noble chairs, uh, which have been a really long partner for us. They've been with us for over three years now. Um, obviously, from a business side of things, if we want to be able to offer these salaries to our players, keep them under the brand, keep them uh, being able to practice full time, and you know, really pushing professionalism in the UK, uh, we need these brands behind us to be able to pay for that. You know, we haven't got a big cash cow behind us. We haven't got a huge investor. We haven't got um, all these things. Um, so that's great. Uh, we also managed to sign a new sponsor in Thrustmaster. That's with our Rocket League guys. So it's a Rocket League only uh, sponsorship um, to promote the eSwap controllers, which are kind of cool. They're you know a mix of um, a PlayStation and Xbox. You can have either controller. That's really cool. Um, and other activations we've done this month have been uh, we did the Red Bull flick. If anyone saw that, is um, we got it was actually quite a hard thing to organise. We I had to get. Um, we got all our pros playing it, uh, and Ross as well as coach. So that's six, and then we had to get twelve streamers on board as well. Um, Sixteen team bracket, good fun to do, a uh, lot, lot of work. Um, but again, kind of cool to do an activation with Red Bull, which is our second one we've done. Um, with the workshop as well that I think a few people in chat were on, um, which is cool. So work more with companies like Red Bull is a really good thing for us to do. Um, you never know what happens in the future. You know, you know, uh, you got you got to put yourself out there. They were happy with how how we've done so. Um, yeah, yeah. I think you know, it's a testament to Overclockers and Noble Chairs. They've been with us for so long now, since 2017. Um, you know, it's great to renew the partnership with them, and, and you know, thanks to them for recognising our growth and, and realising that you know we have progressed a lot in the last year or so. And and so getting that deal over the line was important to us because whilst you know a lot of people can look at the big flashy sponsorships you know your kind of household names in that are non-endemic at the same time it's it's the endemic sponsors that help you get the numbers over the line at the end of the month you know that help you make sure that you are sustainable um and so yeah we're really grateful for that and in in terms of Frostmaster, i think that's it's going to be an interesting partnership um you know we have a lot planned with them um and, you know, I like the fact that it's a partnership specifically around Rocket League and, and a specific product that they want to promote. Um, from a business point of view, from our side, that's good for us because it doesn't really lock much out in terms of exclusivity. Um, 
but at the same time it means that we can really focus on marketing that product and, and we can really focus on, on doing content for them um around it and so yeah i, I it's, it's it's been good in in that sense to to renew those deals yeah we've got some pretty cool things happening with our overclockers and noble chairs deal as well you'll probably see that yeah. uh, before christmas i guess which is which is kind of kind of, kind of neat um yeah so i think that what is it yeah okay um what i will like to say um i'll just get the counterstrike guys on but what i will say is c uh cx like or, or sex as they pronounce it um this whole year would not have been possible without them um the guys behind the company are, are brilliant uh, uh we have meetings with them every week you know me and adam are actually learning a ton from them business-wise they've grown a company which is you know turning over crazy amounts of numbers you know hundreds and hundreds of millions a, a year now uh, and we're learning from them which is from a, from a business perspective on our side of things is, is brilliant um yeah we're gonna get ross and crucial in now uh, ross has just joined um hey ross how are you guys can you hear me all right yeah yeah yeah, nice yeah we got you. there you go um hopefully uh, yeah. joe, joe will join us in a sec as well those sultry <laughs> irish tones there from us <laughs> the voice is hoarse from shouting all day it is quite hoarse. Are you feeling all right? No, I'm all right. I'm all right. That's good. Jesus. Hey, Joey. Hey, Joey. It's so loud. Okay, wait. I turned you guys down. <laughs> Yo, guys. Yeah, yeah. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. Pretty good. Just finished practice. Great. How'd you go today? Well, decent. <laughs> I'd say not good, not bad. Who are you playing today? Uh, who did we play? Ross? We played Envy, it's heroic the first pack. Oh yeah. And then we played two other kind of lesser tier. Every, everyone's Three obviously teams. wants to know, did you beat Thomas and Brack? Is there? We didn't. We, we didn't. didn't Oof. No, no. He's on it. Perfect. We, we just touched on the whole Thomas um, situation and what, and what happened there. And, you know, the fact that we potentially lost another play beforehand and, and everything. But um, I guess we'll start there in terms of flames and and how he's kind of come into the team you know a lot of people um may be aware of him but he certainly flew under the radar of a lot of people when we were talking about who we were potentially picking up um and although you know we had a, a rocky start to mdl and we, we turned that around which we'll touch on later but generally speaking how do you feel that flames has fitted into the team um yeah <laughs> can't praise the kid enough uh, he's an absolute magnificent talent. We, we we couldn't have been more fortunate the way things worked out. Obviously, we wanted Mezzi. You know, we looked at getting Spinks, and he ended up going to contact, and we were literally fed into the laps of the gods with, with Flames. We are so fortunate with him. He's absolutely brilliant. And I think it's evident everyone can see how good he is. It's terrifying at times. So we're just pleased to have him, I guess. He fits every, like he's mature beyond his years as well. I think just kids nowadays are just more mature than when, when I was a kid anyway. And uh, it's, it's great to work with him. A pleasure. And are you feeling comfortable playing around him, Joey? And, and oh, yeah, definitely. Like, he is so good. Like, his aim is insane. Like, I've never seen someone aim like this before. Like, <laughs> guys, talent. I remember um, we were talking about, like, discussing on TeamSpeak about how to get, weren't we? And Flames uh, was happening to play a HTL TV game at the time. I think he was, was he playing for Singularity or was it somebody else? And we were just watching him. Yeah, it was. And he just dropped like 30 odd on, on, uh, on, on Overpass. As we were like watching to see if he's any good. <laughs> like... Yeah, I remember. I remember the round so well. I mean, Max, we were watching. He just oh, yeah. he he, he regressed on A through toilets and killed everyone. And we were just like, this kid 
he could be he could be good. But then we practiced the first day we practiced with him. I think we played Navi or something on Dust Two, and he just had this unbelievable 4K on A, and we're just like, this guy is unbelievable. It's just his movement and mechanics. You can see straight away how good someone is, and it was just we were just as soon as we could sign him. That was the kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, if we if we talk a bit about MDL, um, I mean, Joey, it'd be good to get your views on this, obviously as well. Like, um. We started zero six. I mean, most people who go into a new team, you have that honeymoon period. We we clearly didn't have the honeymoon period, um, and you know we just we just we we did awful at the start, and we obviously turned it around, made playoffs. What was the what was the mood like in camp? You know how, yeah, you know, how hard was the start, and you managed to get over it. Yeah, yeah. Well, we came back from a holiday, like we had like a two week off break, so we didn't play CS at all, and then. Thomas thing happened, which took like another two weeks. So we basically didn't play for like a month, like really comparatively or a lot. So like we were all kind of rusty and then we had to add a new player on top of that. It was, yeah, it was just not great. Then we just, yeah, went zero six, but then, yeah, we started practicing more, get, getting more in like the, in the game rhythm and yeah, it just went up from there basically. But like we always believed in the team. Like it was never like in doubt. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know if I would agree. I um, <laughs> I think there was a lot of, it, it felt like there was a lot of ring. It was like we all hoped that it was just ring rust. It was a kind of a case that we were just yeah, we were all whiffing like get through. But it was it wasn't a case that we were just like strategically doing anything that poor and to keep kind of reassuring the guys that's not the issue. It was really just that we were playing terribly individually, and it was just once we got over that hump and it kind of just snowballed from there. Because it was like we, what was the great reassurance about it was that we weren't like when you lose someone as good as Thomas, you're very concerned about how you're going to replace them, and it's then you look to the person that came in. And it's like, well, we were we would we were winning these games before when we had Thomas, and you, we were looking, you know, normally everyone would point fingers at the fifth, but our fifth was so good, and and playing so well that it was like, well, that's not the problem. So it was just a case of just playing more and more and getting getting back into the rhythm of things. I think for the guys, and then we just started winning again. Yeah. How is it for you as a coach during that period? Like, are you are you constantly looking for answers? You know, are you trying to figure out what what is it? Is it is it just rust, or is it you know is there something deeper? As as Thomas left a bigger hole than we expected. Uh, terrifying because you know you, when you get to a stage like you, now you have like this kind of small little diamond and it's like this is a successful project and now we're getting results and you can see progress and then you lose someone that was so pivotal to it regardless what anyone says. Thomas was so key to the team. And uh, losing him, you never know what's going to happen. Like we could have gotten in someone that you know was e you know even a few percentile points less than in Thomas in terms of skill, and that would have such a detrimental effect over over a long season. But we were fortunate enough to get Flames, who was you know maybe even arguably better than Thomas, and you know we that was the reassurance. It was like we've gotten someone who's super gifted, so it's just a case of when everyone else kicks into gear that it's going to be fine. And thankfully it did, because if it dragged on for much longer, like 0-6, you know, I don't know if anyone's ever gone, gotten back to playoffs after being starting the season 0-6, but there was real fears of being in a relegation battle. And then kind yeah. of the whole thing happened with Skate, and, and, you know, we went from being 0-6 to 6-5 and five or something like that. It was all gravy after that, I suppose. I remember having a conversation with you around the time, and we were saying, well, you know, we absolutely need to try and stay in MDL. You know, we, we want to avoid getting relegated from MDL and I, I don't think we were really expecting quite the turnaround you know to to go from that and then making playoffs I think has been a, a fantastic journey and it's all credit to you guys for turning it around in, in that time frame for sure I mean also Obviously, MDL playoffs the winner the winner gets pro league don't they now 
There's no. Um, yeah. So it used to be that the top three get into the contenders league or something, or the count that whatever it was. Global challenge. Yeah, one, yeah, global yeah. challenge yeah. Uh, and now the winner of Pro League gets MDL. Oh, gets Pro League. How how confident are we? <laughs> <laughs> um, after the season we've had, we're kind of pleased to be even involved. I think we play. We finished fifth in the end, so I think we're potentially playing secret. So yeah, yeah. Um, double double in there as well. So yeah, double in. So it'll be a long slog, and it's it'll be difficult. Like yeah. I, it's weirdly, Hellraisers have been unbelievable in MDL this season. I think they've dropped one one map, but I haven't really seen much of them elsewhere. So if you look at Hellraiser's results, there's probably about six or seven there that are 16, 14 or overtime. So it's kind of, yeah. obviously that shows good mental resistance, but like, yeah, I mean, it's... Um, but they came completely out of left field as well. Like they, they had a whole new roster and it's, you know, they have two players there and I don't know how you pronounce his name. It's like JLM or something. And then, and then problem and they've been phenomenal. So it's been a weird season of MDL for sure. There was some teams who like stormed out of the blocks and now they're, you know, down relegation and yeah, for and, and vice versa for ourselves. So look, we're just it's kind of like you just I don't know. It, it's great, you know, chance to win pro, get into pro league, but we just we just play so much CS now. It kind of blurs into one a bit. You know, it's like event after event after event after event. And so, you know, if you win any of them, it it would be phenomenal. So yeah. we'll take any wins. I mean, on that subject, so like obviously we went through a period of the team where you guys were. The most active team like over the period of six months i think or something like that mm. um and then we had the break and we've come back and dealt with the whole thomas and flame situation and now it seems like our event schedule is packing up again we, we played another dreamhack open recently um you know and i i'm sure that didn't go the way that you really wanted it to go but you know you, it's just being there right like it's qualifying for those events and being there um, how did you find the DreamHack Open this time around? Obviously, it's the third one of the year, which is a huge achievement in itself. But did it feel uh, any different? Because it was more stacked, well, right? Yeah, like, this one is it. way different because it was an yeah. Arm Mario event. Like, this was all the best teams in the world were there, basically. The DreamHack so, yeah, events have got harder and harder, haven't they? Each three of them, they've gone like. Well, the, the first one, I remember the year, everyone was saying it's the most stacked DreamHack ever. And then the second one was ever, it's the most stacked DreamHack ever. And then yeah, but one. this one was just stacked because it was an Arm Mario yeah, event. Yeah. So, mm. like. That's why all the best teams played there. The summer one was stacked as well, though. I think it, I think the issue is that it's because it's because of COVID. All the teams are coming from EU, and EU is yeah. unbelievably stacked. Yeah, yeah. So even in the tier two of EU, it's terrifying. So, yeah, and any EU event now is just a nightmare. We're discussing so. that now. Is obviously we just we've just uh, been announced that we're in Blast Premier the showdown, which is fucking great great for us. Um, but that's not just EU teams. So even though it's got all the best teams in the world in it. Is that do we do we feel we got more of a chance if we maybe get get an American team first or we get you know, because we we won the the lower seeds, won't we? So we're we're likely to hopefully get one of the American teams instead of one of the top EU teams. But yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I think, think you go on, Joy. Far away. I mean, I think EG and Liquid are just as bad, uh, just yeah, as just good as good, the yeah, top teams as yeah. EU. So there's no difference really. I think. Who do you but like normally in the Dreamhack events, you would have like some lesser NA teams playing that so then you would like have more chance of doing good who do you want to face who do you think you can who do you think you can beat we get first round i don't know to be honest i don't know i'd like uh, to maybe, just play maybe one of the like, teams for the fun yeah. of it kind of yeah. yeah. change you don't really play them that much just play someone we haven't played before because we yeah. keep I, I kid you not it feels like it's just this constant circle of playing heroic just, all the just time heroic, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so if we can if we can play someone new it'd be fun we've got a map yeah. off heroic before yeah i don't know where i guess them but yeah, agree. 
That's cool. I mean, like the I mean the biggest subject for this uh this last month for us was you know first time ever for Endpoint we made top thirty in the world. Um, it's been me and Adam's goal from the from the very start uh, to get a, a team to the top thirty. Uh, Joey, you've done it before though, haven't you? So I mean, like, how does this yeah. how does this uh, change? I mean, that was actually one of the main you know factors behind us wanting to get this team is that you know uh, you, Robin, uh, uh, Kaya, and um, and Thomas did he get top thirty as well? I think he did. Uh, had, had all got top thirty before, so you know the the the, the you know the skill in the team and the experience in the team was there to make it again to top thirty. Um, yeah. How, yeah, how does this feel like this time around? Yeah, it feels great I've, because it like it took a while. Like we were so close for so long, yeah. but like now it's just staying there. Like we're not like we're top thirty, but like we're not stable. And my goal has always be being like be a stable top thirty team. And we now we we got there, but now we need to make sure that we're like we stay there basically. Yeah, yeah it's one of those things. Yeah. That you, it's one of those things that you hope is going to be a catalyst to being able to stay there, right? You know, once yeah. you make top thirty, you get invited to more and more events. Yeah, you know, exactly. like the last premiere that was the and and you're hoping that that will keep the ball rolling and and so that you can constantly compete at a higher level. I mean, for a long period of time, it kind of felt like we were being trolled by HLTV, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, like 31st all the time. And like oh. the one week where you think you're going to do it, some random team comes out of nowhere and gets plus 24 points or something for winning some random national championship or something. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's great that we've that we've managed to break it. And like you said, I'm, I'm looking forward to focusing on solidifying that now and, and having you guys compete in the, the bigger and better events. Um, I guess on the flip side of that, and I mentioned national championships there, is like we're still competing in ESL Prem, you know, and for us as an organization, we've kind of always said that we want to stay relevant to the UK. I mean, yes, obviously, with the, the trade of, of Thomas and bringing in Flames, we no longer have a, a British core, but at the same time, we, we are a UK organization and we still have uh, UK players and so we still want to kind of make sure that we're competing within the UK and obviously ESL you, then domestic championship has been important for that factor but I mean I think it's fair to say that this season has been it's been a bit of light relief for you guys like I don't know it just feels like you know the competition isn't there as it has been in the past probably because a lot of the players have gone to Valorant and there are no other UK teams kind of punching around our level, certainly not when you look at the rankings. Um, yeah. And so how, how are you finding competing in ESL Prem this time? Well, it's just a free win, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not going to lie about it. It's just, yeah. yeah. Connor's I mean, been great, should... hasn't he? Connor's doing well as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we, like not no offense to Connor, but with Connor, we just win that easily yeah like there's yeah, no because i think if we, were, we had flames what would be like, like but... if we had flames even instead of corner like there would be no chance like... yeah 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 but it's I mean... like i think i think i think it's it's good in some ways like, we've talked about this before i think it's good to have a top heavy scene in a country that's struggling because then the players that are the best players will filter to the top team in the same way like in la liga in spain the best players filter up to barcelona real madrid and Bayern Munich in, in Germany like if you don't have that then you just you're, you everyone is siloed and you know the best players are siloed off in, in in you know lesser teams because you know they're everyone's paying kind of a similar age salary or whatever it was and, and it's hard to get people away you know there's not actually a, a big enough draw for them so so now I think it's a case of if anyone did come to the front of, of the UK scene and did show that they're like a phenomenal talent then they would just come up to us 
mean, it started with what the same with Dan- Danish scene, doesn't it? Because was it TSM at the time were doing really well, but there weren't many other Danish teams at all. And then they kind of brought everyone up with them, didn't they? Because there's now you know there's now loads obviously, but um, there's now probably ten Danish teams that are in the top top hundred or whatever. So. Um, yeah. I think it's it's got to start with one team, to, to, and then everyone realizes they can do it as well, or they see the app that they're putting in, or they you know or whatever. Um, I think that's it as well. I think it gives the other teams the opportunity to play a team at that level as well, because you know it's the fact that would we not be in the SL Prem, you know, perhaps they wouldn't have the opportunity to play a team that's around the top thirty, and and because I mean, let's face it, we're, we're kind of everyone's cup final at the moment, right? You know, everyone's kind of, oh, can we can we be endpoint and everything? And I think that that side of it is good. I mean, I don't mind saying from our point of view, we've been considering, you know, what do we do about ESL Prem? Do we look at maybe having an academy team, you know, to that it'd be a UK academy team and one of the competitions they were competing, because obviously we've got to be careful with conflict of interest, is ESL Prem. And so that, you you know, the main team would focus on European competition uh, and the academy team would focus on domestic competition. It's one of the things that we are considering. But I, I guess the counter... Yeah. yeah, but I guess the counter to the that is the fact that ESL one thing they do well with the national championships is the fact that it does act as a stepping stone to other things and so whilst ever there's that opportunity to to take the national championships and move into the other competitions like uh, I think this one goes into the EPEC or whatever it is and then you can potentially get an IEM spot right like at the end of that journey because of this new um, path to pro or whatever it is that they're doing and so I it is a difficult consideration and i think it's worth us competing in esl prem for that reason it's good for our brand as well as a separate point just to be top of the uk scene still and um you know hopefully if we win six that's the most decorated ever as endpoint to win six of them um yeah, yeah but it also gives other uk teams mot- motivation to play us and like try to beat yeah. us basically i mean on that i mean someone's asking chat about what's your opinion on, on your, the umx guys obviously have done pretty well this year um i think two of them are irish from what I've from what I've seen, yeah, yeah, they were they're they're pretty good. Yeah, they play like a, they they I don't know they like role play um Fioria, and they're like a budget version of Saw the Portuguese team when we played them. They they just they just give it nonstop, which is nice to see. Like it's it's a genuine different play style and it works for teams, so it's 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 nice, and it can catch people off guard. So yeah, they seem like they seem fairly talented. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like this is a it, it is a good platform at the end of the day for players to show off and. and and to be noticed, like I remember, that's where I've, I saw Messi for the first time. I think, you know, in ESL Prem. So it's like, you know, who's going to be the next? Who's going to be the next Messi or next Thomas, or next Kai, or, you know, or next Max? We got an important question in chat for for Joey. What's what's under your blanket from the spiffing Brit? <laughs> this uh, stuff, <laughs> <laughs> the stuff uh, from my brother. Stuff for your brother. Okay, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, how also is like? I mean, we got a, set, a sub in the chat from our from our mental coach. Uh, how's Fat Bob Marley thing for you guys? Uh... Man's an absolute hero. Oh, Fat Bob Marley! <laughs> <laughs> a legend. Yeah, he's a legend. He's a great streamer. Next big, him. next big streamer. Man. Next, next big, big streamer. He's some upcoming streamer. Yeah. Yeah, check him out, guys, for sure. Um, there you go. He's in chat. So give, give him a little follow. Nice guy. Oh, is he in chat? Yeah, he's in chat. Yeah, yeah. He's oh, he's just up to us. Yeah. Do I saw the games? Absolutely. Yeah, he's, he's a legend. Fat Bob. 
he is a legend. Um, okay, yeah. I mean, like, um, so what, I mean, what, what have you guys been working on this month? What's um, what's the main thing? What's the main thing in your, in your game that you feel you need to work on? If you, if you don't mind saying, you obviously don't have to give too much depth, but um, is there certain things you're working on right now? Yeah, we're trying to expand our map pool. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, we've had some perma, multiple perma bands for a long time. We're trying to get out of get out of our system, especially because the more we play. It, it, it was really okay to do it when we were playing like the nine to fives and you know multi-vibes because regularly we would find ourselves able to push people into a corner with vetoes but now when we play like when we play heroic or you know any of the any of the better teams like north every time we play them they absolutely beat up us because you know we, we historically don't really play overpass or north or sorry and uh, nuke so we have to figure out a way to to get around that and you know we played nuke against them and it was difficult to say the least, but um, we're yeah we're just working on deepening the map pool. But it's like everything else then is just kind of incremental improvement over time. More and more we play, kind of you know, and find best roles for flames in, in every scenario we can. Yeah, it seems to be that we come up against North quite regularly at those later stages of qualifiers or playoffs or whatever it may be. We seem to come up against North and. Uh, yeah, I, I I agree. You know that the, their veto is very different to ours, and it, it shows sometimes. But you know we'll get there. It's it's part of the project, right? Yeah, you yeah. have to you have to do it. Yeah, they don't really get direct invites to like big tournaments, so they mostly like normally have to play close qualifiers as well. So that's why they probably face them in the end. Yeah. Is there anything you're working on yourself, Joe, at the moment? Uh, is it like a certain part of your game you want to improve? Yeah, not whiffing. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how do you go about how do you go about not whiffing? What's the what's the strategy? Honestly, I've just listened to Ross. He's it's my master. Yeah, it's that, just goes through like little bouts of whiffing. It's just form. And he goes through <laughs> bouts of hitting absolutely everything and hitting the hardest shots imaginable. So it's like that. That's all it is. And so it's important for the guys to you know to reiterate to the guys all the time the difference between like form and you know and and it's not that it's not that we're. Be, that we're shit as a team or individual. It's just that we're in a bad bout of form at times. Like uh, there are going to be games where we lose to teams we shouldn't. This is where we always have these kind of discussions about what's what, what is consistency in CS. It's very hard to to know. It's like we talk about teams that we should beat, but it's like how often should we be beating them? Like we're, we're never going to be beating them one hundred percent of the time. But what what's an acceptable you know percentage of the time to be beating these teams? So and that's it's hard because it's like sometimes some games carry more weight than others, and it's you know and you. you CS is just full of upsets, and especially in the EU. So even even advanced, there's a lot of teams that are on salary now. You know, I was looking at. I would hate to be in that relegation playoff or the promotion playoffs for for MDL. It's mm. So stacked. So it's just that's just the way it's going, I guess. Yeah, got a few yeah. more questions in chat and stuff. So I mean, one one of them is about um, are we attending any UK events like I series and stuff? I mean, I mean, for for us, you know, that's another point of in the future where we look to go for percentage academy roster. Should be going to events like I series and Epic Land. Um, I, 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 Joey, correct me if I'm wrong. Do you want to go to an I series? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, when is I series? Like with Corona and all well, that. Yeah, could but... be like, could be ages, but nah, not really to be honest. I, I mean, I don't. I don't think anyone. About, right? I don't think everyone wants to go. Well, if everyone wants to go, I mean, we don't really want to send you either because it's fucking expensive and it's like. Like, like, what's the point? Like, you don't really get anything from winning. Like, yeah. we, like, if we go, they all expect us to win. The prize money. If is you don't the, go, the like, and the, you don't really get anything from. The prize money is the same as when I was playing in i30 for CSS. Yeah. Like, no, which is, which is not. Like this, yeah. 
and it's just another it. it's just another week of, of where we would be traveling and it would just yeah you know it's just a week that's lost of practice or whatever or you know at this if you think about it this way the way things are now that you know we would have been traveling a large chunk of this year if we were um if we were yeah. in normal times yeah. so like time at home would be of a, a premium so we wouldn't be one to be spending it um at a yeah i mean program. Chances are, with how our schedule is looking at the moment, we'd probably be packed and it'd overlap with something else. I mean, obviously, the Easter one normally overlaps with Copenhagen Games, which, again, who knows what the hell is going to happen there. Probably won't be on, um, you know, at the moment. And it feels so weird when you think about LAN events right now because everyone wants them to come back. But I think we've been in this situation for so long now that it just it almost feels alien to, to go to an event and compete. Is it something that you are looking forward to or like and, and and that you're missing or is it are, are you kind of now in the stage of do you know what i'd, I'd rather just keep playing online and until things are sorted no definitely not i want to play at land i live for that shit. like that's yeah. why i play the game to play at land and to play like like for people to watch and like i love that that's why you play the game basically i mean for me yeah, yeah, no, that's good. And, yeah, I really miss it, and I still want to go to WSG because we qualified for it, but I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Forgot about that one. Yeah, we qualified for a big tournament, $1 million tournament. Okay. Cancelled. Corona comes. Yeah. Unlucky. Yeah. And it's, it's weird to think, you know, how different this year could have been for us. You know, like like we said earlier, we made our third DreamHack Open of the year. Um, we've been invited to this last premiere thing and like WESG and everything like that. And, you know, like you said, we could have been traveling everywhere and playing most mostly online. But yeah. as it is, we've just been, you know, plowing through online cups <laughs> and, <laughs> you know. Some home sweet homes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Those. Yeah, I think that's a bit. It's been like a bit of a double. It's like it's benefited us as much as it's kind of hindered us. The online. Yeah. It's not not that we're not not, not by any stretch of imagination suggesting that we're a bad land team, but as in playing that many officials over that you know sustained period has been beneficial. Whereas in it's it's like weathered the guys in a sense that nobody. It's not that nobody cares about officials anymore, but we've just played so many of them. The the importance of them has waned so much now it's just like you know there's no nobody cares about the importance of your hl like obviously we care about winning and then it comes that your ratings improve as a team and individually but it's not like you know when you initially break onto hltv you're you're under such pressure to perform immediately to to retain your position whereas in now like we were talking about there how our schedule has reduced but the reason our schedule has reduced is because we've chosen to do that we've actually actively made the decision to no longer play every day of the week officials because we don't have to we're not baying at the door for any sort of invites we're getting now getting invites to decent events so we, we're very selective about what we do or what we play now and it you know and it's, i would say it has helped because you know the, the, the fatigue of by the end of uh, the first into this team with with thomas before the player break everyone was so shattered it was just ridiculous and i i have you know i i have the biggest admiration for teams who do that 12 months of the year like Forza who have been doing it now for two years relentlessly and accepting every invite they get and playing every tournament they get because it's just so draining for everyone yeah great i guess now you feel like you can be a bit more exclusive with the tournaments that you're playing in right because of the fact that we are hitting that top 30 uh and i mean obviously we know because we see a lot of the invites that we are being a bit more selective now and that 
we're not just kind of taking every offer that comes because I guess you are a bit more protective over making sure that the guys don't burn out as much. Yeah, yeah, for for sure. And and I would our win rates have gone down and things like that. And that's purely because we play better upon. I remember our vertical win rate was eighty three percent at mm-hmm. one stage, and we had played something like thirty maps in in, in three months, and. Uh, we, we were beating everyone on it. And then it, we, it, just before we played the recent dream, I think our win rate was 11% or 12% or something like that. But what did that, you know, in reality, what that was, was just a case the team started banning it against us and we were only playing top opposition on it. So, you know, our, not only has it had an impact on how our team might be perceived publicly, it's just that, you know, now we're just playing better opponents all the time. And, I, I, you know, as you said, yeah, the burnout element of it, I think the guys, they, you know, didn't really express how, how, how burnt out they were. But, you know, you could you could tell by the end of it that in the, the last few officials that we were playing, we were all just kind of trying to just fall over the finish line and, and just get it, get to that two week break rather than, you know, kind of do the best we could. Yeah, let's, get through, let's get through a couple of questions quickly and then we'll, uh, we'll end this and um, uh, we'll move on to the Rocket League guys. But um, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, someone's asked, uh, have we got any uh, boot camps planned? I mean, so, I mean, in the UK, we're on a lot, national lockdown now for a month. There's not going to be a boot camp to the end of the year, I can tell you that. There's, I mean, we have a good boot camp facility with the CEX guys. Um, whenever whenever the guys are ready to do it, we'll get them over um, to the UK and do that. But it's, I'm imagining it's going to be next year. I be wrong, but yeah. Yeah, I mean the next I, big I, next I, big I, LAN event you'll obviously be doing a boot camp beforehand, I guess. So, but that's there will be one before then as well, I'm sure. But yeah, figure out the logistics of bringing flames over from Israel. Yeah, so. it's about yeah, I, I saw uh, I saw Secret tweeting out that they're doing an online boot camp or something, and I think Pete, you even asked, right? Like, what the hell is an online boot camp? And I think the response was, "Oh, we're just playing for like eleven hours solidly a day." It's kind of like, ah, oh, that just feels like a really aggro prack, right? Like, it's just... Yeah. It's not, it, it might be what they need, though. You know, they just play tons of... Yeah, maybe. Whatever, yeah. But it's a quick way to burn you out, I guess, as well, at the same time. Um, Joey, what's your best LAN experience? Oh, that's a good question, actually. Um, I'd say... I... Wait, I don't know actually. <laughs> uh, I, th- I think it was land. yeah, beating G two in Shalawa, Shalawa with Epsilon. Yeah, that was that was great, and nice. we made it first out of groups. Unfortunately, we lost in the semi final, but that was a that was a good land versus good team. So yeah, I guess that's bad. Uh, the best thing. Cool, uh, Swiffy and Brit. Have you put, hosted the Spiff Co Pro CS tournament at your mansion of a house? Then yeah, let's go. We're in. Um, uh, from Tom, Joey, do you still uh, enjoy playing with Kaya? You two must have been the longest serving duo in the UK scene. Um, and Ross, how has the online era affected your coaching? Do Joey go first. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I love playing with Kaya. Otherwise, I wouldn't have played with him like for so long. I mean, so- sometimes, oh, I want to smash him, but sometimes, <laughs> but, sometimes but most of the time, I like him. Nah, we, uh, we all, yeah. We, I go great with Kai. Like we know how to tilt each other, and we know how to be friendly with each other. Like we just know, yeah. We just we just combine really well. How long has it been though? It's been like two, three years at least, right? Yeah, something like that. Three years, I think. Yeah. I'm not sure actually. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, but we we both came back from America, and then we joined Meta together, 
Oh, for Gfinity, right? Yeah, yeah for Gfinity, and then we stayed. Oh, no, then we uh, left because I joined the Fuscus and he went to Epsilon, and then later on, I joined mm -hmm. back with him in Epsilon, and then, yeah, ever since. Uh, yeah, and Ross, uh, how has the online era affected your coaching? Um, yeah, I would say that it's it's the the lack of going to events and and doing boot camps hurts because you can it's very difficult to have meaningful conversations with people over Teamspeak, you know, as in you you it's hard to garner how someone actually feels about something without being able to see their mannerisms and how how you know physically how they respond to what something you say. So yeah, it, it it's it's definitely been difficult, and there's been things that have probably fallen by the wayside a bit over the last nine months because of it. So I, I would say, you know, in terms of the normal day-to-day -day stuff, nothing. But in terms of having, you know, meaningful chats with the guys on a one-to-one -one basis in, in person, it's it's you, you just can't have that on Teamspeak. Got the iron fist to Ross R regime from Max and chat, yeah. Yeah, Max thinks I'm a bit of a bully, but that's just Max craft. <laughs> um, um, so I guess quick answer: online era has it helped you grow or hindered you grow? And like, if you if, if if it was normal, do you think it'd be higher or lower than thirty in the world right now? Lower. I think that the like overall across the the you know it's hard to obviously gauge because you you never know we could have had some lights out event at land that you know you don't know. But um, I think that just the playing so much, so many officials, so many online events, definitely helped. You know that that kind of you know, just experience as as a group is invaluable. Where you lose that if you go away to an event, you lose a week, and that week could have been one of your most successful weeks online. So I think now going when we whenever whenever we get out of this, it'll it'll stand to us. I think. Uh, I actually think it like cause we were going to go to co-playing games. We had everything booked, didn't we? I think actually that LAN event might have um, kind of shown where we yeah. were going to go because, us a little bit, yeah. because if we did well there, I think we'd have done we'd have been just as good if not better. But like if we hadn't, and I think we would have done well there. Uh, we're going into that, I think, as one of the favourites in my opinion, um, even back in March. But yeah, we're in good shape then. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Last, yeah. Last question anyway before uh, we get the Rocket League guys on. Um, will Flames keep playing when he joins the army? Um, I mean. Adam, feel free to take that one if you want. <laughs> oh, yeah, give, give me that one. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so people obviously aware, like, we flames the situation. He's he's young, he's, he's from Israel, and, and they have, like, a national um, army service that they have to give. Uh, he is contracted beyond when that is due to start. Um, and it's, it's kind of like just a situation that we're going to have to manage ongoing. Um, we know it's a thing that we're going to have to deal with in you know next year there are a few options that may mean that he can continue to play um but ultimately at the same time we know that it's an obligation as somewhat and so i guess there is a a sense of we'll have to cross that bridge when we get to it or as well you know we'd like obviously the to him for him to be able to play and potentially not have to do his service but it it all depends on what what the climate is at the time um you know whether there are a few avenues that we can investigate and you know to to avoid that but as for now yeah cross that bridge when we get to it because um there's there's too many kind of variables there at the moment so he goes to prison for two weeks can't he just get stick for flames in prison for two weeks yeah i mean he, he, he yeah he, he'll come out a completely different guy you know? <laughs> <laughs> um 
Yeah, it's it's and, and obviously that's not something we'd encourage anyway. But it's <laughs> yeah. it's a um, but yeah, I think uh, let's just put, put, see put, what put PC in, in his prison cell and just and only allows to like you know um, load up Counter Strike, nothing else. Yeah, I'm not sure it's Israel prisons come out are quite like the. Yeah, I'm not sure UK prisons would be like you. Uh, sorry, Israel prisons would be like UK prisons. I don't think yeah. he's going to get a mouse and a keyboard in front of him. Um, but yeah, I, you know, let's hope so, right? Let's hope we can keep him playing um, because, as as the guys have touched on, he's been a great asset to us and a great addition to us, and um, it's certainly what we want. But we'll just manage it ongoing. Yeah. Anything else from you guys? Uh, thanks for coming on. But no, it's a pleasure chatting to you guys. Yeah, thanks for having us. We'll probably do something similar next week, uh, next month, sorry, especially if these guys do. I mean, there's, there'll be lots, lots to discuss next month for CS because you guys have got, you know, MDL playoffs coming up. You've got um, Blast. You've got uh side of bet thing we might have to put out, but I think that depends on, they might change the dates. We'll see. Not sure. Whatever. Um, we get them to the yeah. demo webcam. And get yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if you guys want anyone on the, on the, street, on the podcast for that, let me know. Um, We'll try and get flames on maybe because that'd be kind of cool but uh, it depends on his webcam and all this kind of stuff but um but yeah thanks for coming on guys and and obviously good luck on saturday and you know crucial result on saturday versus vexed what was the score oh are we going to get through the season without dropping a map yeah. 3-0 3-0 yeah, yeah. Well, it was last, again, last time it, we played it was 16-5 16-4 16-5 something ridiculous well for the well, yeah, yeah last we had thomas then yeah yeah so you know, you know, Connor's a great. It's great, but we were actually the whole team, and you know, it's very different to play as a whole team. So, yeah, you never. You, you, we're we're, we're going to assume that it's going to be three zero. Yeah, it's, it's going to be three zero. Yeah. Confident. We're going to get more aggro Joey plays with no scopes left, right, and center. And... When we get three zero, this is getting clipped yeah. straight away. Joey trolling in ESL Premiership, and the more iconic duo. I don't know. But guys I mean, I... trolls every game, and then just afterwards he says, "But well, I, I have the most kills." I'm killing everyone. <laughs> exactly. Do you try and coach those games? Or are you just like at that point? Uh, are you just kind of like forget it? it? it they are just a. I, I, they're a bit of a, like a stress reliever for everyone. We just come on. Have, have, we try to have fun, and then it, it can, you know, then fun becomes a bit too much fun, and then Max is yeah, yeah. frustrated, and then I'm like, come on, Joey, <laughs> yeah, stop. Look, the difference <laughs> is some 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 people have fun and they don't kill. <laughs> Robin. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine Max is getting really stressed. He's like, no, come on, guys, this is not what I called. Joey, you were not meant to run down mid with your scope out. Like, Because Max likes just a, he's like surgically, he just wants to go in, massacre everyone, and get out. <laughs> you know, whereas in the guys, you're like, oh, we have to clock on for this, we have to play, let's at least try and have a bit of fun. So I can understand both sides. Of it, uh, right? But normally these games are so uh, late as well, like. Mm -hmm. At 23 yeah. CET, we have this best of one. Like, we've prepped the whole day, and then we have this best of one still at 23 CET. I'm like, what is this? Yeah, yeah. so, but this one will be different. Yeah, this is just like a normal time, and it's a final. Like, I'm you just gonna smash them. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, uh, that'd be good. Yeah, exactly. All right, yeah. Yeah. yeah, thanks for that. All right, on time.
Perfect timing. Yeah. I'm just too good in it. I mean, you went completely deafened for me. Like, you muted. I, I muted, didn't I? Fuck now. When did I mute? Oh, that was. Uh, at the end. Only okay. towards the end. Very good, yeah. I, mu uh, I muted so you couldn't hear my keyboard typing. Sorry. Um, there we go. Hey, Metza. Hey, Eclipse. Hey, then. Hello. Metza's camera looks way better for me than Eclipse's does, but I think yours is. I mean, blurry, yeah. But... Yeah, yeah, it shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah, Metza's got some, like. Messer's got like some Twitch model thing going, like he's got like, some high depth, <laughs> like yeah. I do have an actual light like behind the monitors, and the actual camera is pretty good as well. So you got one of those ring lights as well. You should right? have, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It actually yeah, is I don't professional have streamer. <laughs> yeah, man. yeah, I have none of those things. <laughs> Check out both their streams. They both stream. Metz is obviously big professional streamer with his his ring light. But, yeah. um, <laughs> side 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 model career, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> How are you finding the streaming? Because like you, you, you do stream quite a lot uh, on the side, but I mean with RLCS like X, the the schedule's been a lot thicker, right? Like you've been playing a lot more games with the grid and 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 everything like that. And so, are you are you finding that you still have an appetite for streaming, or is it kind of taken away from that a bit? I mean, for sure, it's taking taking away from my stream. Actually, I haven't really streamed that much ever since the actual season started, and that kind of happens like every season. But before it was like this two month period where you just I really didn't stream at all or something, and then it's the off season. It takes forever, and you're bored. You just want to stream. Like that's the best way to like get some ranked games in. It's just to stream, but I don't know. When is the RCS season? I just want to really improve, and it, every time I stream, it feels, feels like I'm not improving. So, so the RCS kicks back off this weekend, doesn't it? Or am I wrong with that? No, no, next weekend. It's been rescheduled. It's from next Thursday till next Sunday. That that, that makes says so okay. So it's from the twelfth. So it's from the tenth uh, to the twelfth. No, tw yeah, no, from the twelfth to the fifteenth. I mean, stupid. Yeah. Whatever. Cool. That makes way more sense because I didn't see anything about it, and I was like, three days? No. Great. Well, yeah. it was supposed to be three days. You are right. It was supposed to be right. this weekend. It was supposed to be Saturday, Sunday. But then the registration didn't open until today, and the qualifiers was supposed to start today. So there was a bit of a bit of a hullabaloo there. <laughs> Fair enough. It's yeah. a bit, been a bit crazy in Rocket League at the moment, right? Like with all the roster shuffles and you know teams stuff. And obviously, we got back in the grid because. Even though Barcelona beat us, they went. They then went and split. Yeah. Um, which you know, thanks guys, we appreciate it. Um, it was an easy ride, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, we have not been partaking in that fun and like changing our roster because uh, I think we're all quite happy with it. What is it like, like being in that situation where I guess players are? Becoming free agents left, right, and center. Are you have you have you always been confident in the team and and like just happy to see all the fallout and watch it from a distance? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> I think I think uh, since we picked up Meta in you know March or May or whatever it was, now it's been a bit of a while. It's crazy to think about that it's been that long considering. But yeah, um, since we picked him up, we haven't really seen any uh, need to change the player at all. We make the occasional joke here and there because of comments some other pros will make or something 
but generally speaking we're pretty chill like we know we had downturns in the form but i think that's like but like i think uh and you've seen it from the teams that have made changes now teams will be like oh well we're not getting as good results as we did in our honeymoon phase so now we need a change again and it's like well no you just work as a team to fix it and i think that's exactly what we've done and i think we've shown what that can do but you know you can now yeah, got an advantage yeah. that you've got a stable lineup over the teams that haven't so they've got a new mm-hmm. one you got, you got think, six months on them or whatever it's been less than that maybe three or four months but yeah and and i think for me it kind of feels like we did have an initial honeymoon period right like we we we, we had the spring series which, which mm-hmm. was an incredible start when we brought Metzo on and uh he kind of showed us what he could do straight away and fitted in well to the team and then i guess results have been a bit varied since then and then we ended up on a huge high with the major um, you know, in getting top four, how have you seen your journey within the team, Metz, since you joined, you know, back then and had that initial success with Spring Series to then the major and maybe little bits of dips in form between? What's that journey been like? Well, honestly, it's funny for me to say this, but it's always felt like this is the most uh, like consistent lineup I've ever been like a part of. Every other team I'm so used to is going up and down and up and down and relationships going down and people getting mad but it's actually been like it feels like it's been pretty consistent but obviously results aren't always consistent but that's just bound to happen i i mean obviously we had the uh, honeymoon period at the start i i think that was like an outlier but ever since like that period it's been like we've been getting better at least we haven't been getting worse since the, like the after the honeymoon and then it's just different competitions like the grid it's so hard to be good every week because everyone's playing without any pressure it's like anyone can be good at that uh, kind of competition and it's not even up to even us at that point to have consistent results because the other teams are playing out of their minds or we get a tough draw in the groups or whatever so it's been fairly uh, like consistent for me at least that's what it felt like I'd say, yeah, I'd agree with that. I think, I think uh, the grid, especially, I think, was the biggest one because, like, uh, you could, you saw it a lot of the times when we were doing well or when we were playing better than most. We then come against like the team that was popping off that day in the semis, and then they yeah. go and win it, and we were like, oh, okay, and then we'd go next week, and then someone else would be popping off, and that we never really seemed to pop off during the grid. We only ever seemed to just do well, um, which is you know frustrating to an extent, but. Generally speaking, I think we were happy with doing well consistently. Um, but I, I think, you know, we I think, well, we haven't finished below 12th, I think, since we've been a team in Europe. Okay. So I think as a team, generally, we've never fallen below being a top two uh, in RLOS or being top 10 constantly. So I think we've generally kept a very good consistency. It's just about... Uh, maintaining that. I think we've got to remember as well, that obviously you came from, you came up so fast it can be hard to stick at the top, isn't it? And it's uh, you've done well to do that in that sense. Sure. Um, yeah, we're now top 10 in the world, which is a great achievement, you know, for the lineup. Um, especially like you touched on the fact that we, you guys were in RLRS this time last year, you know, and, and yeah. then you came into RLCS and, and kind of have grown from there. So, yeah, I think it's a great achievement. Um, touching on the grid that you mentioned there, like, how have you found that, like, in terms of, I mean, obviously, from our point of view as an organization, it's good, right? Because we get to stream it, we get to kind of watch you guys more. Um, and, and certainly from our fans' point of view, hopefully 
they're happy in the fact that they can watch you compete more and play more officials and have that weekly match with guild or whatever it seems to be like right <laughs> um but how are you how are you guys finding it like are you enjoying the grid are you enjoying the extra competition or is it you know are, are you feeling like it's it's maybe just a touch too much i think i think we i don't think we would have had the results we had in regional three or the major if it wasn't for the grid and and what i mean by that is um, a lot of the times in Rocket League previously, we've had the RLCS season, we've had those replays to go over and look at and improve upon. But after that, we don't really have anything. There's not really any much competition. And with our unfortunate form in the offseason, we didn't really get many high-level matches either then. So coming into this, coming into this uh, season, we didn't really have much stuff to go on other than scrims. But... Scrims has a similar feel as Meta saying people are trying things, they're doing weird things, they're probably never going to play like that in an actual game against us. So it, it, they're not always for that beneficial to go over as a team to improve upon. So it, it, I think having those weekly games where we can find out what that team's feeling like that week, ready to go into the regional, we can use those to base what they're doing. And that's generally when they're playing their best is in the grid because as I said, they have, they have no pressure. And how's it feel for you as a sorry Pete? No, how's it how's it feel for you as a player, Matt? So like, you know, you you guys have been doing so well in regionals and majors and, and everything like that. And, and the grid's just kind of been something that's been ticking along in the background. Does it feel any different to you as a player playing in the grid to the regionals and majors? Or is it is it is every game a, a final? For me it feels like the same as when I started off, like back in the days when you only had these like weekly competitions for like two hundred pounds or something. You play this every week. That's the highlight of the week. You play, and if you do well in that, you get on like finals or something. You make sixty pounds for the team or something, and that's <laughs> that's that's what I lived for before. And I love that you can actually have a competition every week. And really, for me, it feels like it's just to keep up the form. I always lived for the competition. It's hard for me to like stay in form with just scrims and stuff. So for me, it's been like. Amazing. I, I love competing and that's the thing I do this for. The same sounds the same as, you know, Counter Strike back in the day or whatever, you know, the little tournaments that yeah, sixty quid or whatever, great. Who cares? It's a nice little competition. Now luckily you are lucky that Rocket League's blown up and it's ten grand a week instead of uh two hundred quid, but <laughs> either or. Um Yeah, I mean for the grid for us is actually as an organization we feel it's brilliant. Um I know it's a lot of Rocket League for you guys in some senses and I know that's changing slightly for the next I don't know if we can discuss it really, but I don't think that's been announced yet. But um, it but has. It has. It's been announced. Yeah, the format, the new format's been announced. Okay, great. So yeah, so next next season they're doing four weeks instead of nine weeks. Um, but there's two days in each in each week. But it means there's gaps. So you'd have like a week, a week, and then it's a gap, then a week, and then it's a gap, and it's a week. So there's only four weeks though. But it's eight eight match days in in total. But um, for us it's brilliant because it's a place for our fans to come. Get behind the team, you know. Uh, get some cool casters in, like Stumpy and Cole, uh, who really like bring it alive. And then, um, yeah, I think I, I think the whole thing for us is perfect for fan engagement and you know somewhere where we can you know jump in with the fans and and, and instead of instead of actually where you have the Rocket League chat, uh, which is which is fun to, to look at when you're playing in the RLCS, <laughs> but when there's 150,000 people watching, you can't really read. You, if you type something in chat, you can't engage with any fans, like because it's gone, yeah. it's gone within a split second. So um yeah that, that, i guess that's that's cool um yeah um so i mean like what what are you guys working on at the moment like this last month what's your what's the main thing you guys have been working on uh as a team to improve and um 
honestly, just consistency. Because we've now, uh, and I know that sounds stupid after what Meta has said, <laughs> uh, but like, sounds like you've got that nailed. Like, <laughs> yeah, but, but generally, it's because like our consistency at the minute is at just being a top ten team, right? Like we finished joint top ten for the grid, and then we finished high. We finished in the top ten for uh, RLCSX circuit points. So we're, we're we're obviously consistent in that regard, but we want to make that top eight run consistent instead of the top 10 run consistent. So it's just all about, it's, it's all about making sure that when we are playing bad, our bad days are still a top eight run. And that's, that's effectively what we're working on is just making sure that no matter how we're playing, obviously there's going to be days that you are just atrocious and you're not going to get far. And I think every team has that. I think we've seen that with pretty much everyone except for BDS and Vitality this season so far. Um, but like, yeah, I think the key for us to stay in that top four spot that we're in now uh, with the RLCS is is to find that consistency at our lower end. And if we can do that, I think we'll be uh, in a pretty spot at come the end of this split. Awesome, yeah. Especially against like, there's gonna be so many new rosters that are gonna like probably honeymoon quite a bit at the start of the list. So it's gonna be more us keeping up our level and. We don't get surprised by someone just playing differently or doing some, I don't know, weird stuff that people do. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, sounds about right. And one of the things that I think from our point of view that a lot of people have noticed and certainly pundits in the game and things like that is the fact that obviously when you guys played RLRS in your first season of RLCS, Virtuoso was kind of a demo machine, right? Like he would go around there and his, his job would be to disrupt play style of a lot of people and, and get you know in people's faces i i feel like and i think other pundits have said the same that it's kind of turned it down lately um and i guess it looks like we have more of a uh, a variety in the way that we play like there's definitely a more of a plan b there right like if that doesn't necessarily work and i'm i know verts attested to it in the past that it's actually really hard work running around a pitch trying to demo people you know uh which i can imagine it is um and so is that is that a conscious change? You know, that's the fact, because I mean, Virtuoso, you know, he, he hasn't had the same numbers in the last major that he would had in the spring series, for example, in terms of the amount of times he was demoing people. So is that a conscious change with the team and does it affect the way that you play overall? Uh, I don't think it affects us at all, actually. I think uh, no matter what our same structure remains, I think it puts a bit more pressure on Vert when he does that and puts a bit more pressure on all of the two players, actually, because if Vert's gone off to do that, Meta and Wave are relied upon extremely heavily at that point to make all the saves, to make all the defensive uh, decisions. However, I think it's not something... I think it's something that we um, decided when we knew we were doing the whole demo thing early on, we did say that we, we were going to have to make a second plan at some point because, you know, certain teams would figure it out or... It might just not work as much well anymore. Um, and so we we started it pretty much as soon as we started the demo play style. Um, and I do think we're probably one of the only teams uh, in Europe uh, at the minute, especially actually probably with America as well, out of the both regions, that have those multiple play styles that we can kind of switch on to whenever. So if we do, like if in a match we do realize, oh, maybe a couple of more demos would be helpful. Vert can just go, all right, I'll demo more then. And you know, Vert will and uh, Metal will help out because he uh, he's a uh, fun to taste for it himself as well now. So. And, and, and Matt, do you have a favorite flavor of Vert? Like, are you like, if he goes off in demo mode, are you like, oh god, here we go, I'm gonna have to like goal keep my ass off here, or are you, are you actually kind of like, yeah, you know what, you disrupt things and I'll just pick up the pieces. 
Uh, it's always the perfect balance within within Rock League. It's always about the balance. So with Word, it's not, it's not uh, you don't like go demo at all or you only go for demo. It's like the perfect balance between getting the good demos, being back helping us, being with the team, like just a perfect balance. That's what we're looking for. That was very political. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's true. It's true. It is definitely true. I'll agree with him. But going uh, full kamikaze is not always the best thing. <laughs> I mean, obviously, the balance, like in different matchups, the balance like shifts in either direction or whatever. But it's like making it, making the best out of the situation. Now, I will say, like, even even with Vert playing relatively demo free, he's still, I think, top five or something demos anyway. So it like you like I think the play style is still there, and I still think people see it a lot. I just think now instead of it just being Vert and everyone mentioning Vert, like you'll see in like regional three and and the major, Meta got some like double bumps in goal, Wave got some double bumps and stuff in goal. And so it's not just like it's not just Vert showcasing it anymore. The team as a whole has done it. And that's why generally Vert's numbers are gonna go down. He's still the best probably in the world at doing it, but like you know. <laughs> It's figuring out that playstyle, but in the right moment, isn't it? Because like Metz Norris might be in the right spot to do it. Uh, but he doesn't leave it for Vert, he does it himself. And it's kind of like the the whole team should be able to do each each bit, I guess. Obviously some people mm-hmm. have their 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 you know, skills and they're better at than others, but um makes sense, yeah. yeah. No, I, Wave I somehow some Wave somehow does it in ball camp. That's the only way he can do it though. Whenever he tries, <laughs> he always misses. <laughs> <laughs> I kinda wanna touch on Wave actually, because like I mean I, I sometimes feel like with Wave he's a bit of like an unsung hero. Because like Metsa obviously gets a lot of attention because of being Metsa. Uh, and yeah. having you know, like thousands of fans chanting his name, you know, in finals and whatever, and Vert obviously being the demo machine that he is, and then Wave just kind of like quietly goes about things and 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 does a really solid job, and so I I kind of think of him as a bit of an unsung hero. Do you, do you kind of have that impression yourselves? Like he's a bit of a solid all rounder, right? Yeah, I think. Yeah, it's just yeah. Wave Wave does everything. I think his stats show that. Like he has the most yeah. saves. He has the, the second most goals. I mean, you're like, I don't think that goes together, but okay. But yeah, no, he is definitely, uh, I'd say, the quiet um, workhorse, as it was. Like the silent workhorse, as people say. But uh, he also never says GG, so most people ignore him for that. <laughs> I know you showed me a stat uh, like two days ago, um, Aaron, about he's got 73 saves in the RLCS Major, which was 13 more than anyone else, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, as you said, he's still getting second most goals as well. So yeah. that's just nuts. Um, so more props to Wave, I guess. I think Meta helps with his assists. Assists, yeah, he, he got the most assists as well. He's yeah. got assists everywhere. So, I think with, with Wave, like everyone that understands the game, and uh, like every everyone that doesn't just look at the what the people hype up, of course, understands that Wave is like definitely like a star player, and he can do everything you probably need from a player. He's a also a great teammate, but like, it's just he doesn't get the I don't know what it's called. Public praise. Yeah, public praise as much. Yeah. yeah, I I agree with Meta there. Pretty much any play you can ask in the pro scene or anything that is more, especially if they're like more of a game sense player, as it, you know, what most people would say, it, they notice Wave as being that guy. 
that it's always there. I think Tad once told him, like, you're the most solid third man I've ever seen because he's always there. When you need him to defend, he's there to defend. Yes, he does love a good own goal here and there, and he does <laughs> love a good whiff every now and then. But, like, he, generally speaking, you'll expect the ball to be going in and then Wave somehow gets there. And then he'll score some weird goal off it, probably. And that's usually how it goes. And I think, yeah, a lot of people just forget he's on the pitch, I think. But he's always doing something. I mean, in terms yeah. of recognition, actually, I mean, apparently Wave was going to Liquid. That was the first I heard of it when it came oh, yeah. around. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was the first that we heard of that, too. <laughs> so... Uh... Getting some recognition there, I guess. Uh, but yeah, it was the f- some rumors are not right, guys. Um, I guess don't believe everything online. But yeah, maybe maybe we're the maybe we're the fools. Maybe Wave was behind our backs looking at with Liquid and uh, and, and nearly joining. But Meta messaged me worried. He was, he was like, "Do you need to find a team?" I don't think so. Uh, yeah, I had someone chat saying, uh, "What is this?" I mean, this is a new monthly podcast we're going to do. Uh, it's about all things Endpoint. Um, so what goes on in the month? So November coming up, we'll after November we'll do, you know, what happened in November, how it went down for Endpoint as a business. Uh, we did Counter Strike before this. We had um, Crucial and Ross on, and now we've got Metzer in the clip. So if you've got any questions for the guys or us, as in, I mean Adam, um, just answer, ask them. It's gonna be, it's a very open. We'll basically give you an answer to anything uh, as long as it, we're not NDA'd for it or whatever. So um, yeah, I mean, so coming about November, what have we got coming up? Uh, what's your expectations? I think Matthew, you can go first once. Well, it's hard to know expectations because it's like a completely new format on everything and like you don't really know how it's all going to go down. So expectations are always high, but uh, it's hard to say like at this point before you actually see how the format plays out and everything, how it's going to go. I expect us to become better. It's double elimination this time, isn't it, as well? Yeah. yeah. So we have only one like instead of three. There's no Swiss format, double elimination bracket. Um, yeah. Do you prefer that or, don't, or, or, or prefer the Swiss bracket? I think we do better in uh, brackets, honestly. I think that's where we thrive because I think a massive part of our team is having that ability to switch. And I think it's harder to switch what we're doing when we don't know who we're playing. So when we have someone else coming up, I think uh, we know. And I think I think we showed that because... I think in every Swiss stage, we struggled a lot more than we struggled in the actual playoff brackets of the two tournaments we got to. So I think, uh, and we did, I think on average, like we had higher placements in uh, the grid as well. And I think it, I think a bracket just suits us better because we can set up for that next team then. But um, generally speaking, um, my expectations is to at least remain top four, if not even push further. Um, but like I think uh, my minimum, and I think is what boys is always to make sure we're top eight. I think minimum is top eight, and then everything else is a bonus. And as we get and as we work on our consistency, as I said, hopefully top six will be the the minimum. And then Jeremy, you know I mean? so mm-hmm. yeah. So top four at the moment obviously means that we're in the picture for worlds. Like obviously we're really early stage. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that's a, an achievable objective with you know and getting to worlds? Um, I mean, let's hope the one How many teams from EU qualify now? Do we know? Six. Six. Only yeah. six to Worlds. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think we're definitely a top six team. Um, but as as this entire format is designed upon, it is to have that consistency. Are we consistently top six at the minute? I'm, I'm not so sure. But then it also depends. There's all these new rosters out there. 
where we I think we would be more like I think I would be more confident saying we were top six in all the previous rosters, but we don't actually know how good any of these rosters yet because we haven't even had time to scrim them all after <laughs> after such a short transfer window. So like, and we're going into the new tournament, we might actually play teams before we've even tried playing against them in the first place. So, like, you know, it it, it that's the only um, shock I think there'll be for us this split is this first tournament could either go really well or really badly, depending on how the roster moves have done. You've done um, quite well doing well in, in, in the majors though, because the majors double points as well. So yeah. you do, so we've yeah. got a good lead to get to fourth place already, which is, which helps. Yeah. I think yeah. we have a hundred and I think it's 120 or 170 points uh, between us and seventh. So we have effectively a top four finish in a regional between us and dropping out of the world spots. Oh. So as long as we keep, you know, at least a top half finish in each tournament, we should, relatively speaking, stay at the top, uh, depending on obviously, if it depends on what teams are obviously winning those tournaments and stuff. But like, generally speaking, you would expect us to still be in the top six by the end of this split. But it depends on the gap between us and then seventh again, uh, or how realistic that third split will be. And if the format benefits us or really goes against us, you never know, do you? So it's all, we'll, we'll be working still game by game or tournament by tournament, I guess, in a grander scheme, but... Hmm. And, and Matt, so with the new lineups and, and whatever, that with all the shuffle that's been going on, is there any lineups out there at the moment that you have been kind of thrown together where you're thinking, oh, we, we better keep an eye on these, like, this looks kind of a, a potentially a scary lineup? Or is it at the moment just thinking, I, I are you keeping on top of it all? Well, I feel like there's a few rosters that got better. I don't, I don't think necessarily anyone's going to be, like, out of the new rosters, anyone's going to be like better than us, but I definitely think that the Soli has probably got them better for sure. Liquid has definitely got them better. Uh, it's hard to remember all the roster moves because there's so many, <laughs> but like at least those two. Wait, he missed it. Giants, or, Giants. Eh, I don't think they got better, they're, they're like similar level. So I think like there's a few rosters that are going to be like an actual threat in tournaments where. They haven't necessarily been before, but uh, it's it's like hard to say. I think we're we're still gonna be better than most of the teams. What about guild? Let's throw some shade if we're gonna play. Yeah, how do you, how do you rate mm. the guild thing? We we kind of got like a weird like unspoken rivalry just because we played them so often, right? And, to and be fair, enough. our rivalry with them does stem all the way from RLRS. So they were one of our only two losses in RLRS, and the way they won that match, uh, I think forever has uh, way of livid at them. And then we beat them in the regional to qualify for RLCS. And then we played them to get dropped into the promotion playoffs in RLCS. So I think we have a very long history of playing them in important places and stuff and going tit for tat for them. So I think that rivalry has been there for almost a year and a half now. But like this season's definitely accentuated it because we played them that many times. <laughs> and well, I think all anything... the things if anything, it's get better for us that they made a roster move because we had a little bit of a struggle against them more than not. So it's, I think it's for the better for us at least because we get we get start, we get start fresh against the new roster, get the W's out of the way, and then it's uh, all Gucci from there. Wasn't a lot of the beef with Scrub Killer anyway? But he's gone. Yeah, so. I mean, yeah, Scrub's well, gone. now we're yeah. just friends. Or <laughs> I mean, I mean. Boys. Not sure about that yet, but Scrub Scrub is also it's also a quite an ironic story that Scrub went and publicly said that Vert was Mr. Replaceable and has been replaced. So um... <laughs> yeah. 
but I, I think that's the thing like with with scrub and with guild in general like obviously this last season there's been a lot of drama like obviously everyone that knows rocket league has been kind of following it and there's been all sorts of things with him you know joining voice channels mid-game and like just general reports of the fact that the team you know haven't been all that pally pally with each other um you know and the thing is with scrub is the fact that he's a good player like he's he's a strong individual player but he just can he can never quite seem to find his feet in the team and I, because of his disruptive nature like yeah he's definitely a conflicting uh personality to say the least and i think uh i think once he finds his team and i think once he finds people that um work with him as as i think that is with everyone i think that's when you'll really see scrub like excel and that will probably be a scary day, honestly, because he is a, a very individually, individually talented player. But it's not about the individuality in Rocket League. You've got to be a team player. And I think, I think actually, our team is a perfect example of that. You look at us in terms of goals and stuff compared to other players, uh, other teams this split. We're the only team that have all three of our players in the top 10 goal scorers. We have two of our players in the top uh, 10 assists, uh, like assists given. Like, and I think we have all three in top saves as well. So it's not as if one player is doing everything, like you saw with an Atachi or, or you saw with a scrub effectively, because he had like all of the, uh, he saved everything for guild. Anything that wasn't going in, it was though it was, um, it wasn't Tho or Nolly that was saving it. I mean, it was scrub. So I think, you know, uh, that will be the future when you see more like BDSs and vitalities where every, all three of them are threat and you have to be able to quell them all. How far away? Obviously, we we played the the major recently, and BDS and volatility just looked incredible. Be you know BDS in particular. Do you feel that that like how big a step is that? You know, I think I think between us and top locks now to vitality BDS is still huge. It's it's they are they are definitely conquerable. I think uh, both us and top locks have the ability, and a couple of the other teams have the ability to definitely beat them. They're not untouchable as they used to be. I mean, Galaxy Racer came pretty close, right? Like in the semi yeah. against BDS. Well, well, Galaxy Racer also beat Vitality the day before, so they, mm. they they can definitely do it. It should, and 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 we can as well. I think we showed in like regional three that in the in the finals that if we had just put away a couple more of our shots, you know, it would have probably been more like us winning that one instead of them. And you know, it's unfortunate we didn't, but. I don't think that I don't think those two teams are untouchable, and I think if they let off the gas at all, then we, us, top locks, you know, Giants, Solarine, or everyone else will quickly catch up, and I think that could be a bit of a problem for them in the long term. But right now, there is definitely a a step up from us, and then it's them. Do you feel the same way, Matt? Sir? Yeah, yeah, I think it's always. I don't know what it is, but it's always been like that for me. Like I'm, I'm in like the top team, but I'm not never the top team, you know. <laughs> so it it feels like there's a step, and they definitely have like a mental edge if it comes to like finals and stuff. Because I don't know, Monkey Moon's mental strength is something else, and then Vital just has so much experience by now that it's like they have K-Dop. They have, they have yeah, and, <laughs> and they have like the edge in the mental stages. But I think like most of these teams, as you can see from the grid, like has the capability of beating them, but they just have this, it's not their ego, but like they just have this strong shield of, like around them that protects them from like the difficult situations.
It's also consistency though, because mental mental state helps with consistency. So the more consistent you get, the better you get at you know make making results and not being all over the place. The better your natural state of mental state will be. So, um, in BDS are winning everything, you'll naturally get a good mental state than if you if you're losing stuff. So, I think a lot a lot of it can be down to variance as well, but also mental state in or mindset in that sense can have big differences. But I think yeah, I think the calmness you see from those two teams as well. I think you saw it in like uh when Dig won World Championships with Violent Panda and all that. They were like ice cold in those in those games, and you saw I think it was BDS when they won their first regional. They had a video taken of them and they went, oh, well yeah. done. But their controller got arms and turned around and walked off. And it was like, you just want a regional, bro. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Got a question, chat, actually. So um, we talked a bit about Mets about um, Vert, obviously, uh, in the team and how you like him. But uh, I'd like to play how you like his demoing and how how you'd like it to be. But uh, someone asked, what was your first impressions of Vert's play style? Like, I guess, I guess the question really should be kind of... Um, you know, you used to obviously play against Virtuoso on a different team. So what was your view on him then? And coming into the team, did you have a view of like what he's gonna be like or well at the like last last season, in the regular season I didn't really know much or in scrims it didn't feel like like I, I didn't know any anyone of the team like at all. But when we played against them in the promotion tournament, because we both went to relegation. Uh, when we played them, it felt like we got actually won with three by virtue. So I was not alive for more than 10 seconds on that <laughs> field. I swear to God. And it was so annoying. And like, actually, the second series, we lost the first one fair and square. Second series, we just got like, we had no chance. Like, it felt like we were playing actually way better than the first first uh, series but we just got owned so that was the expectation going into it i'm like all oh, right well this is gonna Good be annoying to <laughs> play against yeah and it, when you originally started like playing with word like you feel like you have a lot more space like uh, you have like a freedom of, of a sense like you, i never like felt like i had so much like space on the field and like it felt like playing against easier opponents Almost. It feels like playing twos. <laughs> it doesn't really feel like playing twos. It feels like you're playing against easier opponents. Like you feel like you have time a lot more, and you like have the chances to do whatever you like more than just trying to go for a fifty or like trying to rush a ball. I don't create, know. Create space for you, yeah. Again, yeah, again. it's definitely like a when you original when I originally joined, it was just like the the space created was like huge. Never felt like that before. Cool. Um, yeah, I think that's uh, that's pretty much it for our. Well, so you guys got anything else um, you want to chat about? I mean, Meta used to ego us, and then uh, and then he joined us. It was all great. It's a good, nice little circle. <laughs> all right. Well, there we go. <laughs> there we go. That's that's, that's a good way to end it. Yeah. Still, that's still true. egoing you, so nothing changed. He does still ego me. This is true. <laughs> Yeah, well, as I said, this will, this will be a monthly podcast. Um, if there's anyone you want us to get on the show, you know, if you want if you want Wave to come on or Vert to come on or um, or if you don't want the Rocket League guys to come on, um, let us know. <laughs> um, then, um, but yeah, it'll be about, you know, all things at end point. You can always ask us questions, as I said, from business or any of our teams. Um, if you haven't seen any of our podcasts before, uh, exclamation mark podcast, I'll put it into chat now. Um, go check us out. I'll put this up on YouTube, probably be on there tomorrow or something. Um, but yeah, hope you all enjoyed and um, 
catch you guys later. Thanks for everyone for watching, and uh, bye. Yeah, bye. cheers, guys.